Welcome to the Band Hall, a Young Band Directors of Texas podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Beaver, president of YBDT. And with me is Chelsea Frazier, our podcast producer. YBDT is a nonprofit organization for young band directors in Texas. We're here to talk about the ins and outs of teaching band, especially in the first few years of your career. Today we're joined by Quinn DeShay and Jacob Dellinger to discuss what we wish we knew going into college and student teaching. Welcome to the band hall. Yay, welcome guys. Um, I hope you guys are doing well out there. We are recording this right now, the first weekend of October, and it is beautiful outside, at least where I am. Um, Usually I feel like if it's beautiful in the Houston area, it's going to be beautiful everywhere else. (laughs) So right, it's like trickle down weather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. But it it's is my so favorite nice. season. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Now I am worried that this is going to be the Texas fake fall oh, and that yeah. it's going to get yeah. hotter again. I haven't mm-hmm. looked at the, the weather yet, but that's my concern. So it seems like right around UIO marching contest is when fake yeah. fall ends and it's all of a sudden like 95 <laughs> degrees, no clouds. You're outside in wool marching uniforms. <laughs> but thankfully, the the marching uniforms are so much thinner than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Like when really? I was in high school, not to be like that old person that says, well, when I was in school, but we had like those thick ones. And then there were these pads under the armpits. Did any of you guys yep. have that? I had those. <laughs> yeah, and they made like big old sweat mm-hmm. stains on you. Oh, yeah. They were like <laughs> under here. And the thing was, it was thick, man. It was, ugh. So... <laughs> That's a nice uh, nice way to start the episode. Today we're joined by Quinn and Jacob of our college team um, through YBDT. And um, before we really get into things, um, Quinn, do you want to start us off and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is Quinn DeShay. I grew up in the Austin, Round Rock area. I went to Stony Point High School and I attended Stephen F. Austin State university for my bachelor's in music education. Currently, I work um, at Rhodes Intermediate and Jackson Middle School as an assistant band director. This is going into my second year, and it's going great. So much better than my first year. (laughs) The last couple of years. (laughs) Well, the second year is always, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, you come yeah. in, you're not new anymore. You kind of mm-hmm. have a grasp of how things are going. Absolutely. So, second year is always smoother. So, Jacob, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Jacob Dellinger. I am a recent graduate uh, from college. I grew up in the Austin-Leander area. Um, I actually graduated from Leander High School. And then I attended college at the University of Mary Harden Baylor, which is in Belton. I graduated there with my bachelor's in music education. And right now I am currently in year 1.5 of teaching. I teach <laughs> I teach elementary music at Iduma Elementary School, which is in Colleen ISD in Colleen, Texas. Very cool. 
And we're probably doing something illegal right now because we have three tuba players on one recording. Um, I don't know if that is against the Geneva Convention at all, but I hope you don't feel too outnumbered, Chelsea. Yeah, I was about to say, spoiler, it's not me. So um... We play heavy metal. Yeah. Tubas <laughs> <laughs> unite. Uh, we realized it like 30 seconds before we started the recording. I was like, wait a second, guys. I Something feels wrong here. <laughs> so Quinn and Jacob lead our, um, our college team, and they do lots of cool things with, with college students all around the state. Um, so do you guys want to tell us a little bit about what the college team's goals are and kind of what you guys have been up to lately? Yeah, so the college team is a subgroup of young band directors of Texas, and this group was established in 2019 and is just an outlet for young music educators to provide resources, like to build their knowledge in pedagogy, networking, Uh, rehearsal strategies, score study, and just overall to get them to feel more prepared to enter the field as a music educator and also have that support system that they feel like they need. Very cool. Which is just such a, I mean, we've said it time and time again, the community and support and mentors and like Mm -hmm. the people around you make you successful in such a huge way. So. It is the college team has been such a huge, huge addition to YBDT that is, you know, invaluable in what what you guys do. Yeah. And um, the the college team also has um, representatives. Uh, Jacob, do you want to speak on on that aspect of the the team? Yes, I can. Um, So our college representatives are college students who actually take on uh, a leadership role within YBDT where. Uh, they get a chance to plan events or clinics for their own school to uh, spread awareness, number one, about what YBDT is and our purpose. And it's also a chance for them to get to know more, uh, even through events like our clinics and stuff. Um, a few years ago, I was a, I was a college representative when I was at UMHB, and I remember learning so much from um, all the events I got to go to because at the time everything was virtual so it was a lot more easier to access our events and I just was fed so much information that I probably wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for YBDT. Love that. Very cool. So Jacob was a a college rep before he graduated and now that he's in the real world um, you know (laughs) in the the grind um, you decide you wanted to stay with YBDT and pursue uh, opportunities on our on our leadership board full-time. Um, so we're really glad that you have um, stuck with us and kind of made that transfer into um, our executive <laughs> board. Moving on up. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This organization means so much to me, and I know it does for others. So, well... We, um, at the end, we have some, there are some upcoming events at the beginning of this month that we'll definitely plug. Uh, it looks like we have some stuff at Sam Houston, um, and UNT and, um, 
and A&M Commerce. So those things will be coming up um, October 6th and 13th. We'll talk about them more towards the end. So definitely stay tuned, guys. Um, And if you are curious about if you are currently in college um, and are looking to be a part of what we do with YBDT, check out the website, check out our socials, um, or just message one of us and we'll take care of you. I mean, we have... Um, such incredible people around us and part of this organization that we want to share it with all of you guys. So um, with that being said, let's kind of get into the episode today. I'm excited. So we've done two episodes called What We Wish We Knew First. And just basically, we did one with Amanda Enriquez and one with a colleague of mine, Cole Phillips. And it was what we wish we knew before we became a van director. And I feel like we could make a thousand of those episodes easily. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we're going to twist it a little bit today because um, we have our college team with us. And then um, they were just in college, like relatively. <laughs> like they just in the past couple of years graduated. So we're going to do what we wish we knew first college edition today. Um, and we'll kind of just bounce around and, you know, I, I'm looking at our notes and we have a bunch of different things. Um, Aaron, do you want to kind of kick us off with something? Sure. The first thing I will kind of talk about um, actually does not have to do with music education. Um, mm. It actually has to do with something that I wish I had done when I was in school getting ready to leave school. And that was take a some sort of personal finance course. Um, you know, we are these these poor, um, <laughs> you know, degenerates in college. And once we wrong. get our first job, <laughs> once we get our first job and that first paycheck, you know, it's hard to, to know how to handle suddenly getting a regular flow of money and you know at least for me it was more money than i've ever had at one time <laughs> in my life me, like that i was too. personally responsible for um mm-hmm. so i really wish i had you know taken a either a course in school like just taken a personal finance course or gone to some sort of you know I'm sure there are like personal finance clinics that schools put on mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, talk about budgeting that talk about, you know, savings and retirement accounts and things like that. And I think that is something that would have set me up a lot easier once I had that, you know, regular income. I'm not irresponsible mm-hmm. with my money or anything, but, <laughs> you know, when I first now... Just because I buy books and don't read them doesn't mean I'm irresponsible with money, Chelsea. I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. I saw online someone say that um, reading books and buying books are two separate hobbies, and I've never. I saw that, and I yeah, thought I've never related to something more in my life. Um, but I just think you know having that building block would have really helped me feel more stable at the beginning of my career. In between college and my first year teaching, I attended uh, the Academy for New Band Directors at TBA. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful because mm-hmm. if they like put 
down of the bases of everything. And one of the things they talked about was like financial help and what you should do and how much money you should put away and mm-hmm. how to start getting yourself out of debt. Cause a lot of us go like, we have to get grants or scholarships in order to attend school. And that doesn't just magically disappear once mm-hmm. we graduate. And so it was really a good opportunity. So I highly recommend it. It was really fun and I learned a lot. That's really cool that they do that. The only financial advice I got leaving school was don't buy a car your first year teaching, <laughs> which yeah, is great advice, <laughs> but it was not something that I was able to follow. <laughs> my, Me either. <laughs> it was March of my first year of teaching. So I almost got to the end of my first year and I was driving to school and all of a sudden my car decided it didn't want to go to school and (laughs) it was time i had to buy a new car (laughs) but i I think definitely if you can help it you know don't make any try not to (laughs) yeah yes i also had to get a new car too someone wrecked mine (laughs) oh well i mean those those things that at least for me the finance the insurance the like all of that stuff is the most boring thing mm-hmm. that I could think of to talk about, mm-hmm. to listen to someone talk about, to do all, but it's so important. And if you can get that stuff started um, as soon as possible and, you know, understand what you're doing with it and making healthy decisions, I'm yeah. with you, Aaron. I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. Um, okay. So one of the first ones that I have is to, um, is task blocks. And I, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, because I've talked about it in another episode as well. Um, but the task block system, I only discovered after I graduated and when I went for my master's. And it was so incredibly helpful for me getting my work done, getting it done on time, getting high quality work out of myself. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, a problem with motivation, even with things that I really enjoy doing. Um, I have a hard time getting myself motivated to get up and do um, whatever it is. And then once I'm in it, I'm good. But getting there, no matter what it is, is my biggest struggle. And um, the task block system, or the I think it's the Pomodoro system, is something that helped me in my master's that I wish I would have known about it in my undergrad. And it's basically just, again, I've mentioned it before, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's worth it to say again. It's basically... 25 minutes of work, five minutes of play or rest or break or however however you want to do it. And you look ahead and you see, how much time do I have this afternoon? Okay, I can spend three hours studying. So that's um, six tax blocks. And what do, you, do I think I can reasonably do in 25 minutes? That's my goal. 25-minute timer, put on some lo-fi or, or some ambient sounds or something, and I would get to work knowing that... I would have five minutes to goof off or get on social or whatever I wanted to do. And then after that, I would get right back into it. And it helped me at least. I don't, it doesn't work for everybody, but mm-hmm. for me, it really helped me like use my time wisely because I'm someone who will say, okay, I'm going to sit down and write this paper. And then three hours later, I haven't written anything or <laughs> like that one old SpongeBob episode where he's writing a paper and he spends 30 minutes drawing the T 
of the, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's me. And so it's, it helped me a lot get focused and I could plan out my week, especially as a, like a working director getting my master's, I could be like, look, well, I can do two task blocks on Tuesday. I could get three done probably and I could plan stuff out for the week. It was super helpful for me. I wish I knew about it in my undergrad because God knows I needed more time management. Um, but um, Don't we all? Yeah, yeah, right? So if you're working on something that could use something like that, give it a shot. Try it out. If it doesn't work for you, fine. Um, it's something that really worked for me and I know works for a lot of people. Yeah, it's you know it's all about finding mm-hmm. that that study habit that works best for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. My, my issues were, you know, studying in the library or the computer lab around people that I knew. And I would get five minutes of work done and then be talking and just chatting and hanging <laughs> out the rest of the time. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I had to learn to find little secluded areas, little corners that I could sit and study in and get a lot of work done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all about... It's yeah. it's know thyself, right? It's finding yeah. finding what yeah. works well for you and knowing what you know what external or internal stimuli you need to kind of get that work done. For sure. All right, Quinn or Jacob, you want to jump in with one? Yeah, one of the biggest things that I learned during student teaching is there are never too many questions and there are never any dumb questions. If you don't know or if you don't feel comfortable about something. You ask someone, you ask one of the other assistants, or you ask your main co- cooperating teacher, because they're not scary or as intimidating as they may seem. They want to help you. They they are your biggest advocate, and they're also going to be your biggest teachers beside yourself mm-hmm. during that. And yes. sometimes during student teaching, I'd be like, I don't want it, want them to feel like or think that I'm stupid because I don't know. But they were actually more helpful with me coming to them and they, like I said before, they want to help you. So ask questions, ask a million of them, because the more you know, the more you're gonna get better faster. Because we don't all go into student teaching being these great teachers. I remember like, there was one situation where like, I, I asked if I could lead uh, an ensemble because I had never really got that much experience in, in college. And she was like, yeah, of course. And I did it and I was so scared but I felt great afterwards. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what you need to fix. This is what you need to get better. And she had literally five pages of notes <laughs> to give back to me. And at first <laughs> I was really upset. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. <laughs> but after like looking through them, I was like, okay, yeah, this can make me better. Let me change this. And then the next mm-hmm. time I was able to lead the top group, one page of notes. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. No, but I mean, it, yeah, anybody, let's be real. Anybody could go and observe any of us and get, we, we would all get at least a page of notes. You know, there's always mm-hmm. stuff that you can get better at and improve on. Um, I love that one that you mentioned, Quinn, because questions like if you don't ask them, then you will never know. And yes. That's what these people are there for, your cooperating teacher. Or if you don't, you know, know if you have a relationship like that with that cooperating teacher, um, find someone that you do have a relationship with or Mm -hmm. someone you admire that 
um, and then force the relationship, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, um, and just find people in YBDT, reach out to someone you know is really good at XYZ and that you have a question about. Like, just ask. Be obnoxious Even your about peers. It. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> your friends you went to school with for like four years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if yeah, I have a tuba question, I'm going to bring it up in the next 20 minutes because I've got three of you right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You'll probably get three different answers. That's yes. the beauty of it. <laughs> All right, Jacob, hit us with something. All righty. So uh, one of the very first things I put jotted on here was to seek a mentor which kind of ties in with what Quinn was saying about um, not being afraid to ask questions, I think, because especially early on in college, um, to me, some of my some of my mentors were some of my high school band directors and some of them were my own professors and stuff like that. And um, I would just literally sit, sit down and spend some time in their offices asking some questions and relating to either like, you know, conducting or like classroom management, stuff like that. And I think... In the long run, that just that just is helpful to seek that now, especially when you do get into student teaching and you do have that cooperating teacher and stuff like that. You can establish number one a healthy relationship between you and the cooperating teacher, but then as you move forward onto the actual on the actual playing field, you can you can uh, be not necessarily have a start, but basically you can give give yourself a little bit more ahead and. I mean, just some of the stuff I got now is is helping me and is projecting me more towards my future. And I think, it, and to thank to thank for that is the mentors I had in college and in high school and my cooperating teachers and their assistants. Yeah, for yeah. sure, it's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you hit on something very crucial about student teaching is that you know those cooperating teachers are there to be your mentors. You know, they they don't sign up for student teachers just so you can, you know, make copies all day, which, you know, does happen at times. But, they should. you know, they they want to help you. <laughs> they want to guide you. And, you know, they they are there for you to ask questions and to become better teachers as you enter your career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I That was something that I a, a lot of people told me about seeking a mentor and I didn't really know how to do it. And so I, I, I found that really intimidating. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, you guys have given some really great advice, like just reaching out to the people that you already know. And then there's also our advisor program for those of you that are, Mm -hmm. that are like, you know what, just choose a mentor for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a great place to start. Um, or just, you know, I, I will never stop saying build your community and find your community because it can be, uh, depending on where you're at, a very isolating job. So, you know, find find your people. Let's see. Um, my next one kind of ties in with another one that you have on here, Chelsea. So I think I'll just combine those together. Um, this is practicing secondaries. Yes. Um, secondary mm-hmm. instruments mm-hmm. and also um, your methods classes and taking those seriously. It's really easy when you're in school to be solely focused on your primary instrument because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got 
you've got to practice for your uh, recital coming up maybe or you know you're in band every day performing on your primary instrument and you have Mm -hmm. these methods classes these woodwinds brass double reed methods classes that are at 8 a.m at the worst possible time (laughs) of day and (laughs) you want you would like to uh, go back to bed more than you would like to play the clarinet. And I totally get that. But, um, you know, that's something that will come back to bite you um, in the future. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. to admit has come back to bite me. Um, (laughs) I have a, a funny, not funny story about when I was in, in school and taking woodwinds methods classes we were on our last rotation of instruments and my very last instrument was bassoon and our final for that class that semester was a mini christmas concert where we would all be playing our last instrument and playing like sixth grade beginner band christmas Mm -hmm. music literature (laughs) Um, which in theory is very cute in reality um is somehow worse than an actual beginner band concert i don't know how but it is (laughs) Um, so we were sitting in class and our professor said remember everybody you only get six absences in here before you start losing credit (laughs) And I looked up and I said, we get six? <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I was not seen again in that class until the Christmas oh my God. concert. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> oh my and God. I am in no way advocating for uh, my behavior. You're but... a bad influence. <laughs> no, no, no. But... The moral of that story is um, I do not have a very strong foundation on bassoon. I have worked <laughs> to improve that in my in my years in the classroom. But um, had I shown up for those last six classes, nice. I, uh, <laughs> I probably would have um, been a lot more comfortable when my first bassoon player came up to me and was like, hey, how do you finger this? <laughs> nobody, go, knows. Uh, yeah, nobody knows <laughs> give me five minutes <laughs> <laughs> well and awesome. i put something similar to that on there too because i think like after being a director for so long now um that is those are the most important courses that i took it feels like mm-hmm. because um no matter what level you're teaching you need to have a working knowledge of all the instruments that are in front of you. And I totally um, agree with that. the more people that I talk to about their methods classes and, and what their experience was in college, the more I realize how different they all are. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we all had completely different experiences in what, how they were set up for us. Um, I didn't play oboe or bassoon at all in my methods classes. It was, it was Mm -hmm. an advanced course. Um, and I didn't play euphonium at all because that was in an advanced course. I played tuba for a whole year. 
Um, oh, cool. In there, I mean, it's one like it, yeah. <laughs> I'm at home now. <laughs> but, um, and it was just the way that you know, and I'm trying to think. At least when I was there, I don't think there was an op- much of an opportunity for people to do horn, which for me wasn't a big deal because I got plenty of horn <laughs> when I was there. But um, it seems like one of the more important ones that you would need to have. Yeah, there was something with yeah. the I don't remember exactly what it was like. The advanced <laughs> brass class was low brass. Um, but anyways. And everybody has, like, all every college has their set up differently. Anyway, I say that Mm -hmm. because those are the classes that I wish, A, I took closer to my student teaching so that it was fresher, and Mm -hmm. B, that I wish I had way more time on. Um, Like, I could have taken so much more time with percussion methods. I could have, like, the woodwind class for me is a brass class player i wish i had taken it more seriously not that i didn't take it seriously but like really dedicated myself to absorb that knowledge what yeah exactly so (laughs) i think looking back that those were some of my important most important classes that i didn't realize were so important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even like after taking them like find those courses that you feel deficient in and go take lessons. That's what I'm doing now. Like mm-hmm. during That's COVID, good. I was taking saxophone, percussion, and trumpet, and I never got to finish those courses. And so mm-hmm. I'm taking trumpet lessons right now to fill that gap. And it's mm-hmm. been really helpful that I can apply to not just brass pedagogy, but woodwind too, because I'm learning to connect them in clarinet and trumpet, very similar. <laughs> the, semester, the semester when the pandemic hit, that's when I decided that would be a great time to take some of my method classes. So I learned oh. when, whenever we went to quarantine, I went home with five different instruments and was, oh. was trying to learn it all on my own. And it was that good. I, yeah. So how it went is basically um, <laughs> how we do it is we break it up by semester, depending on which one you're in, you get to learn certain instrument. And in the spring we do low brass. And so I went home with the bass trombone, which that was easy tuba player wise then i also went home with an oboe which um that was the an, opposite that's an interesting animal to tame because it's least just tuba you could get yeah that's yeah. the opposite of tuba at least with tuba at least with tuba i don't have to soak it in water and stuff and even when i feel like i soaked enough it's never enough and, <laughs> in water yeah and then it's just always um, the reed's fault just blame the reed yeah yeah so I, I did find the read, of course, was not good. Um, percussion. I also took percussion, which percussion, we we hit on a few already before. So we were getting into like timpani and accessory instruments and stuff like that, which um, mm. our percussion professor sent us videos that Vic Firth does for like, hey, here's some tips on like how to play timpani better. Here's some tips on how to play triangle better and stuff like that. Yeah. Then when I came back, I actually got to sign up with lessons with my professor. And basically what that was is it's like catching up everything that I learned or was supposed to learn and then placing that knowledge and then selling it back into me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then that was also when I took viola, which. Oh, was, string methods. <laughs> yeah. And that was that, the death of me. That that was yeah. the instrument where my, 
where my dogs would bark at me because they hated it and I hated it. <laughs> just because, just because like I'm the used viola. playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, more like Twinkle Twinkle Little Death and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I could. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, funny to. To kind of go um, a little quicker through a couple of these because we have so many great things on this list that I'm looking at over here. Um, my next one, I just put girl get a planner because girl, you need a planner. <laughs> like I don't care who you are, but find a way to plan. And um, it took me a while to decide how I like it. I personally like it on paper. So I have, I have two planners. I have a personal one and then a lesson plan one that I use. Um, my husband will put stuff on a calendar online. We have a shared calendar app that we use for each other. Like, how did I not, how did I get through college without a planner? Like, I don't know how I physically did that and didn't forget things. Um, but it, it would have made my life so much easier to just like have it written out in front of me. So where do you get, get your planner. planners from? Now I get you have a specific from, company or yeah, I use like Walmart. I use the Erin Condren planner just because yeah. I I like it to look cute. <laughs> um, and you can custom, makes, customize it, put your name yeah. on it. Yeah, <laughs> and then I have um, that I get her teacher one, and over the top I get custom stickers for each class. And it, they're not like full blown crazy lesson plans, but that's where I can kind of track, okay, where we're at, and because okay. plans change all the time. You know, my trumpet class okay. this year has needed a lot more hand-holding than they have, like, behavior and expectations-wise than they have in the past. And that's fine, mm -hmm. but I've had to adjust plans so I can look back and kind of see where we've been and make sure that we're still on track. So mm -hmm. find the system that works for you guys. There's really cheap ones out there. If you don't care what it looks like, um, if you want to make your own, there's digital planners that are really cheap on Etsy that you can get. Um, mm -hmm. You can use just your Google Calendar, um, but whatever you do, use use it and be consistent with it. Um, and you'll feel much better once it's all in one place and out of your head. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, let's do another. Hey, Quinn, do you have another quick one? Another quick one. Oh, yeah. Just expose yourself to different age groups and mm. different levels. Because you might think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a high school director. And then you go teach high school and you're like, high school does not work well for me or the opposite you go to the elementary or the middle school level and you're like they're too itty bitty <laughs> i need the older kids <laughs> <I love that. laughs> well and you never know where you're gonna end up that's yeah. true. You never know i went in thinking that i was gonna be a high school director that's all i wanted to do and then my first job was a middle school director and then i'm like i could never leave this i love it too much <laughs> and i would have never guessed that when i was in college and that's mm -hmm cool and then i did do my <laughs> elementary methods and got in front of the little kids and i said "Ooh, <laughs> nah <laughs> peace in the streets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a quick one i can touch on is um be in communication establish a healthy communication between your elementary and middle school and high school um mm. music teachers and i speak it more from the elementary music side because that's what i'm doing right now um you know, I think every now and then I'll get an e I'll get a email from our middle school band director of just like, hey, we have this coming up. It'd be great if you could like share this so that way we could get some sort of exposure and stuff like that. And um, I think it's just really great to be in communication because soon enough, 
these kids that we're teaching is going to be the middle schools. It's going to be the middle schools kids, and then years later, it will be the high schools kids. And um, mm -hmm. being in communication, and I, yeah. yeah, the pyramid of everything. And I think establishing that communication is not only going to help you when you're trying to recruit um, your students for next year, but also um, it's going to put your name out there, and and hopefully it can help. It can maybe you can feed off one another because I know um, one of the pre one of the people who previously had my job, they they moved up to the middle school, and what they would do is every month or so they would come down at the elementary school, ask the teachers how it's going, and it's just and they would just share about like all the stuff that's going on at their school that uh, the kids were like invited to come to their winter concert or. Uh, spring concerts, stuff like that. And so I think establishing a healthy communication there. Yeah, you're yeah. Bit of, you're, okay. some of your biggest advocates are the people that are feeding you, no matter mm -hmm. what level you're at, whether it's the elementary going to the middle or middle to high. Um, you have to have a good relationship. Like you said, Quinn, that mm -hmm. vertical alignment. Um, something I want to touch on um, is balance. Um, and again, speaking from my own personal experience i was someone that had to work full-time while i went to school me too and that's hard no matter what job you're doing no matter what degree you're getting um having to balance two things like that is is really difficult um and even if you don't have to work your way through school or maybe you work but it's not full-time just going to school is hard and mm -hmm. is taxing. Mm -hmm. And when you get into student teaching, whether or not you're working, that's a whole nother level of hard and taxing and tired and new. When you're experiencing change and, and new experiences, that's, that's tiring. Um, and I wish for myself that I had balanced things a lot more you know that work-life balance those you know recommendations we give at the end or you know things remembering that I'm not just a band director I'm not just a music education major I'm not just a student teacher I am also a friend and a sister and you know whatever else is going on in my in in my life it's not just music and um it took me a really long time to even start to find that balance um, and I think I would have been much healthier mentally and physically if I would have kind of sat with that earlier. Um, and it's so, it's a really hard thing to do to find that balance. And I'm not saying I have it now, um, but I'm saying that I'm, it's easier for me to work on now. It's easier for me to recognize now. Um, and you are going to you are going to be a better director and a, a healthier director for your kids if you take care of yourself first. Um, and this is all stuff that we've said before, but we keep saying it because it's so, so crucial to you. You come before anything else. Um, and then comes the other stuff in your life that you want to add in. And... Um, so yeah, just, I don't know, sit with yourself and reflect and, and see whether you're in school or out of school. Maybe you're, you've been teaching for 20 years and you're listening to this episode just for funsies. <laughs> hey, um, maybe reflect on that and see if your balance is really there. When you define yourself, is the first thing you say band director? Good question. 
That is a good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something I really—that's something I really wish that I had done more, especially when I was student teaching. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because when you're student teaching, you are in people pleaser mode all the time. And you're mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing. Yep. You're trying not to get called out for doing the wrong thing. And, you know, you might be like I was, you know, at the high school and middle school every day going back and forth and, you know, doing something for yourself in the midst of all that seems like just another thing to put on top of the craziness that's happening. But, you know, if I feel like if I had um, if I had taken a little more time for myself, even when it was inconvenient, I I would have been in a lot better place mentally um, mm-hmm. leaving my student teaching situation. And I mean, it's it's rough out there, y'all. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. That's well, that feels like a Debbie Downer. Sorry, guys. Right. <laughs> uh, Quinn, you you talked about instrument drives. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Probably a better place to, to end on. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was student teaching, I student taught in the spring semester, which of course is like fall concerts and UIL. But the biggest thing was uh, like we've been talking about like the retention, getting the new kids into the program. And part of that is the instrument drive. I personally didn't have any experience, like, uh, testing any kids. I was like, I don't know what to do. It's my favorite. I love it. I love beginner testing. It's so cute. They're holding the instrument like this, all weird, and I don't know how to test that. How do I teach them how to play the tuba in 10 seconds and determine the rest of their musical career? I was like, that's so scary. But if you have a mentor or at your student teaching location, I would say ask. Even if your official student teaching date goes past that, you go, you learn, mm-hmm. you figure it out so that you're more comfortable with it the next next school year, the next time you have to do it. And then people like your friends might start asking you, hey, um, can you come test trombone or tuba for me? And they'll pay you money. <laughs> they'll pay you, you money. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's a very... Um, very important point um like beginner testing is one of my favorite things ever um it it, in my experience though like just jumping in and going for it is the easiest way to get comfortable with it Mm -hmm. um my my head director always says like you're not going to get it wrong i mean Mm -hmm. you know as long as the kids in band we can teach them how to play their instrument like right (laughs) You know, as, get the as kids long excited as about the instrument. Yeah, I mean, you know, kids can play just about anything as long as mm-hmm. we t- can teach them. You know, there's definitely instruments that you're that more predisposed to, but you're not you're not going to get it wrong if you end up with a kid that loves being in band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure, absolutely. I love instruments. Oh, that's drives. a They're much so better cute. place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I did. Okay. I do feel really strongly about saying one thing that is not necessary. Happy go lucky um, that I want to bring up if that's all right with you guys. And then maybe we can go to work life balance and then we'll, we'll balance the episode uh, with some nice things. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I, and I'll be quick about it, but I wanted to mention those of you that are student teaching or going into student teaching at some point, um, that if, and they mentioned this at your colleges, but sometimes it's, it's so much easier to hear it than when it actually happens to you or if it actually happens to you doing something about it. But if something is not right in your student teaching, please report it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, I, and I'm not going to go into details, but you know, I, there was something that happened in my student teaching that was not appropriate that should have been addressed. And when mm-hmm. I, in the moment, because there's a power dynamic and it, it was, I mean, nothing illegal or anything. It was some really, really insensitive things that were said. Um, but in the moment you think, oh, there's a power, power dynamic there. I don't want to rock the boat. I should have yeah. rocked the boat. I should have told the people at my university what was said and what was, um, what was brought up. And I didn't. And if you guys want to talk about it later with me, I'm happy to share my experience. But um, I also know after, you know, all of my friends went through student teaching years later, things coming out be that were said or done or mm-hmm. whatever that were just completely inappropriate and um, should not be said or done by anybody in our profession, um, especially a profession of uh, people that work with kids. Mm-hmm. So if something does not seem right, it probably isn't right. And please talk to the people at your university about it. Yeah, it's so hard because, you know, most times when you're student teaching, you're being dropped into a district where you are kind of the odd person out. You know, you don't know anybody there. They don't know you, and but they all know each other. And that mm-hmm. can be pretty isolating mm-hmm. on its own. And so, you know, you've, you've got to be your own advocate in those kind of situations. And... You know, it's it can be hard and even dangerous for some people, you know, physically or dangerous for their career to say something bad or to report something that's happened to them. And it's, you know, it's hard. But, you know, if something's wrong, you've got you've got to say something about it. And there are there are avenues for you to do that, either through your school Mm -hmm. or through HR at the district that you're in. So please, you know, use use the resources available if you feel like you are in that sort of situation. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, and if it's serious enough, we don't want that person in our profession. So um, not exactly a, a nice, you know, happy-go-lucky way to end all of this advice, but I think it's something that I, f- I felt really strongly that I wanted to mention. Um and and yeah, let's move on to our work life recommendations. We'll do a hard pivot, um, and we'll start with Aaron. We always start with you. I love it. All right. What do you got like for it. us? So the thing that I have that I've brought to the table is some trashy reality television. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a show on Lifetime. things. <laughs> There's a show on Lifetime called Married at First Sight. I don't know if any of you have heard of this. Me. Okay, we can talk. We can talk off uh, off mic about this season if you are caught up, because uh, there are I some things going up. on. Okay, so uh, if you've never heard of the show, um, 
these people sign up to be married to a stranger um, that they are matched with by love experts. They are like, they have like psychologists and like relationship experts that go through their questionnaires and they match them up and they get legally married for eight weeks and they go on a honeymoon and they go they live together and they work on getting to know each other in their relationship and at the end of the eight weeks they have to decide if they want to stay married or if they want to get a divorce and it is some of the most intriguing it it is and some of the people that are on this show are crazy but it is like you know it's a little more highbrow than your kind of love is blind where it's all these like you know 21 year olds that like just want to be on tv Mm -hmm. and but it's you know it's still lowbrow enough that you're watching these grown people like act like (laughs) in the worst way sometimes and you're like now i see why you're not married (laughs) do any of them stay together um there every every season there's people that stay together yeah and there are some like real success stories this is season like 13 or something like that yeah and they you know there's some that are like you know very much in love and have children now and like Mm -hmm. it worked for them um but there's a lot of tea so if that's what you're into (laughs) it's on lifetime wednesday nights um or you can watch it on the lifetime app if you have uh, like a hulu account um like live tv hulu Mm -hmm. can get on there watch all the back seasons and stuff (laughs) So that is my recommendation. That's crazy. Sometimes you need a little trashy TV it. in your life. Yeah, exactly. You really do. I mean, I see nothing wrong you with do. that. <laughs> um, okay, so mine is, and I went to go get it um, earlier, but mine is this little deck of cards, and it is, they're called side quest cards, and they're by a company called The Hero's Journey, and they make planners which is obviously how i found out about them but um they make this this side quest deck and they have two or three of them um i have two this is the original one and um what it is is it's like this a size of a set of cards and on it when you don't know what to do or you are having a lazy day you need some motivation to do something you draw a card and it has little tasks on them and you just do what's on the card. And so yesterday I did a bunch of them cause we had a sat, sorry, the high school band directors. I have Saturdays off and, um, <laughs> sorry, Aaron. <laughs> and it was beautiful outside and I didn't want to be, I wanted to be like a little bit lazy, but not a lot lazy. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I pulled some of them and the ones that I did yesterday were, um, I drew, do 15 minutes of yoga. And so I did Ooh. that. I did um, write down three things you like about yourself. Uh, bake something is one that I pulled yesterday. Um, and I made some muffins for the week. And uh, I did watch your favorite movie of all time. And I wouldn't have done any of those things without the deck just kind of choosing my path for me yesterday. Um, and so, like, I made what some muffins. What movie did you watch? 
Oh, my favorite. Okay, second wreck. Um, my favorite movie of all time is What We Do in the Shadows. <gasps> I love it is that movie. Incredible. <laughs> and yesterday Check was October first. Oh my God, you need to watch it. Uh, yesterday was October first, so it was the perfect movie to start October with. Um, mm. If you guys like dry New Zealand humor. <laughs> You'll love it. It was it or is mockumentaries. Funniest. Yeah, it's a mockumentary about <laughs> vampires living in New Zealand, mm. which so funny. It is the most hilarious thing of all time. Um, but I wouldn't have watched it yesterday unless I had like the suggestion from this little silly little deck of cards. And these have been like mm-hmm. so fun for me to do uh, lately. So, what has been your favorite card that you've gotten? Uh, I don't know. Getting to watch what we did in the shadows yesterday was pretty awesome um one here let me look at the recent ones um oh you know i did the i was telling before before we started this recording um i drew this one this morning and it's take yourself on a date and i didn't really want to do anything big but this morning i went and i got starbucks and uh like a snack at starbucks they have these little like fruit and cheese plates so i got one of those i got a drink and then i went to like this little public area um in my neighborhood because it's so beautiful outside and i took my book and i rolled the windows down in the car and i just sat and i read for the longest time and it was so nice and so calming um, that I don't know. It just made me feel really good this morning, and I wouldn't have done that. Love that. You know, mm. yeah, it was so cool. So I don't know. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, and then the other day, my husband drew delete unused apps on your phone. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty good too. So. That's a day's work, though. Right. It or really you guys is. can just text me, and I'll draw a card for you. It'll be super fun. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. It'll be fun for me and you. <laughs> all right Jacob, all right. what do you have yes so i put down take a walk which is in correlation with something else take a walk just take a moment for yourself to just take all of the day's stress and worries and just push it away from you because mm. um something my school did this year which is a really cool idea is we made we made a certain room called the zen room and the zen room is for Ooh. teachers only, no students are allowed in there. And in there, they have like um, lo-fi, uh, relaxing uh, music playing in the background. Uh, there's like little mini waterfalls that'll fall down. And there's like these little couches and tables and stuff. So like if you want to eat in there, like just eat in some sort of quietness or peace, you can. And they also have a like a coffee and a, and a like tea bar where you can make your where you could just make yourself at home with some of that stuff and that's it just, amazing and it I just was waiting for you to say like margarita machine would have been totally well and just having that room just kind of reminded me like it sometimes I forget to myself like of how much I just love myself with work that I need to have that moment with myself and like um, find find my uh, find myself without without the stresses of work just moving on because mm. 
I mean, what happened, what happened, happened. Let's move on from it now. So you could do that. You could take a walk. Um, walk walking is something I did more of when I was at college, especially because we had a little trail that we that we had like right next to my apartments that I would just walk down every night and every morning and stuff. And that would just help me like meditate, kind of move on and stuff like that. So I think just letting it go. I love that. Okay. I love that. Um, Quinn, what do you got? I'm kind of. I'm kind of with Aaron, like trashy, like reality shows, <laughs> Love is Blind, Married at First Sight, all of them, every single one. Are you, <laughs> a, I just, like, uh, are you a Love Island girly? No, I haven't gotten onto that one yet. My fiance loves How you like it. it. I, I have really? not watched it, though. I have not watched it either. But it's like it's so cheesy that you can't look away and you want to know if they end up making it or not. Like, you like, at the beginning, you're like, oh, they'll never work. And you're like, yeah, they're the only ones that stay together? No way. <laughs> <laughs> and just movies in general. Like, I like that Netflix has, like, the randomizer now where it'll just give you, like, movies based off of what you've watched. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's something I have already watched, but I haven't watched in a while. Like, Age of Adeline popped up. And I, I'm a, um... in my heart, I'm... I'm a, like a romance, so I'm like romantic movies, uh, Age of Adeline, The Notebook, all of it. I'm here for it. <laughs> so that's what I like to do: watch movies. And I've now that it's spooky season on Disney Plus, like they're Goosebumps, mm. and I watched Hocus Pocus oh, yeah. two last night. Mm. Yeah, I watched that. But was it good? Yes. No spoilers. It was. Okay. It was good. I <laughs> <Okay>. liked it. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, they they have like a whole like spooky season section on disney plus right yes (laughs) they do awesome well we so appreciate you guys coming on to talk about the college program and everything um we got a few plugs that are all from the college program just killing it with events Mm -hmm. um so like we mentioned earlier um on october 6th there are two events there's one at a&m commerce they're having a boo bash and at UNT, they're having a music education and fall craft night. So if you are in the <laughs> DFW area, check out one of those um, events and um, see what's going on at those awesome universities. And then um, on October 13th, Sam Houston um, is having an event called um get content with your content exam which i would go to (laughs) just on the name alone so yes that was clever yeah so whoever whoever did that is killing it and i need to hire them (laughs) to uh like punify my life funny (laughs) well thank you guys again for coming on and joining us today um we covered a lot of stuff and i mean again we could do this 50 times and still have more stuff to say. So we really appreciate both of you for everything you do for YBDT and just for coming on this episode. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Of course. Thank you everyone for listening. This is the band hall, a YBDT podcast. Follow us on Instagram at YoungBandDirectorsTX and find more information about joining YBDT at our website, YoungBandDirectorsOfTexas.org. Until next time.